this week, just in two. And welcome to Roman Emperor's Hotelus Rankium. I am Jamie. And I'm Rob, ranking all of the emperors from Augustus to Constantine Eleven, Episode 92, Justin II. Oh, Justin II. The emperor that no one's talking about. So what is he into? He's into... Well, you'll find out what he's into. Okay. Yeah. So he's just into... And it's always left hanging. So. It is. He's, he's, he's into cliffhangers. Ooh, Suspense. Like That's like what it. he's into. <laughs> I'm expecting amazing things after Justinian. If he's following that, what he just what Justinian just completed, I'm expecting something phenomenal now. Okay, we'll see. We will see. You're not filling with confidence, Rob. I can genuinely say, at the end of this episode, it wouldn't surprise me if you prefer Justin II to Justinian. Oh, this sounds fun. <laughs> okay, brilliant. Let's do this. Okay, we're going to start today, not with Justin II, but a man named Germanus. Germanus. Germanus was a nephew of Justin I. So just like Justinian was. Okay. So Justinian and Germanus are cousins. Okay, got it. Yeah. As a younger cousin to the mighty Justinian, Germanus found his career rising very rapidly despite the fact that the Empress Theodora hated him. <laughs> we don't know why. He obviously did something to slight her at some point. He's ginger. Oh. <laughs> Theodora not like ginger people. No. Oh, that's a bit mean. Should hate my strawberry blonde beard. Yeah. It's almost, you know, not quite. No. Almost. But close. It's that's enough for her though. Yeah. 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 Or either that or Theodora just hated anyone who could be a, a, a challenger to Justinian. Perhaps. Makes sense. Or maybe both. And on the Venn diagram of ginger and potential <laughs> usurpers. Oh, he's right in the middle, isn't he's he? He's right in the middle, yeah. Him and uh oh, what's that singer called? Pianist guy. I'm still standing. What's his name? I can't remember. <laughs> oh, it's pretty, really famous. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know exactly. Sells out arenas even now. Al John. Al John. Oh my god, how did it take that long <laughs> to get out of John's name? <laughs> I can't remember the joke I was going to put him in now, so it's irrelevant. <laughs> oh, that is nothing. Oh, he's the ri- He's the other rival in he's the centre. He's the rival. Yes, that's it was. It, it was a uh, Germanus and Elton John in the middle. Yeah, that's what it was. Hilarious. Anyway. Germanus. Back to Germanus. I'll edit all that out. It's fine. (laughs) At one point in Germanus' life, he was made master of the armies, and he worked in the newly reclaimed Africa. Someone needed to go there and sort it out. Now it's been reclaimed, and he was one of the people who went over. Now, if you remember, in last episode, Belisarius was recalled from Italy during the Second War over there. Yes. Yeah. And I told you that Justinian replaced him with Nazis. Mm. And that's true. I didn't lie to you. I just, I just left out a little bit of the truth, just for time reasons. But it's fine, I'm filling it in there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Be because Nazis <laughs> wasn't his first choice. Theodora had just died, and therefore Justinian felt he was able to promote his cousin, no longer worried about angering his wife, getting that Venn diagram out. So he did that during the funeral? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just turns behind him. Germanus, Germanus, do that job! <laughs> Gives him a big nod and a wink. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, Germanus was therefore put in charge of the troops, due to head to Italy to reinforce the struggling army over there. Huge promotion for him, and soon talk was abound. Germanus was clearly the heir apparent. After all, Justinian had no children, and no longer had a wife to make more. That's Yeah, because that's a good point, because it's sort of left on a bit of a, oh, who's who's now emperor? Oh, well, you do know it's Justin too, but you'll find out. Find out how, yeah. It's looking like Germanus at this point, is what I'm trying to say. And to aid this rumour, Germanus had just married Matasuntha, who was the granddaughter of Theoderic the Great. Therefore, he's an obvious choice to bind the Goths in Italy to the Empire. Look at this heir to the throne. He's he's going to have children related to Theoderic the Great. You guys like him, don't you? Yeah? Um, Yeah? 
this going to work? Yeah, true, Roman. Yeah. So, Germanus realises things are lining up for him pretty well here. He's got Justinian's support. He's got a young, pregnant wife. To all extent and purposes, he is ready to start a dynasty. Nice. Yeah. He sets off to Italy with all these dreams running through his head. On the way to Italy, he gets ill and dies. (laughs) That's a shame. That is a shame. (laughs) The idea of him becoming emperor one day obviously died with him because... Yeah. yeah, they weren't quite that desperate. <laughs> Prop him up. He'll be fine. <laughs> Tie his neck to the back of the chair. Yeah. Well, not to worry. Germanus has a son. Ah, who's he? His name's Justin. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Any relation to our... Oh, well, well, we'll find out. Mm-hmm. Justin was in his early 20s at this point. I'll take a while then. Unless he's a son from previous times. Oh, yeah, son from previous times. Uh, okay. there, there's a, a pregnant... Matter Santo at this point, but Justin's from a previous marriage. So yeah, Justin for the last 20 years had followed his father around all his life and was a military man. He joined the ranks and he was rising his way through them. Now that his father was dead, Narses was sent to take over and uh, Justin didn't go to Italy with Narses. Instead, he stayed in the Danube region and was told to defend against the incoming Slavs. Slavs are causing some trouble, just sort them out, will ya? This wasn't a big war, like in Italy. It was just more skirmishes. It's like border control, basically. Yeah. So he, he's doing that. He's he's running around the Danube. He's fighting back raids. He's uh, doing it with his brother, who's called Justinian, just to confuse everything. But, oh, man. Yeah, they're, they're running around. They're, they're, they're getting some military experience. Now, cut to another young man in a room. It's a dark room. There's a Ooh. window. He's sitting there. Maybe he's reading a scroll. He's looking out the window. Cut back to Justin. Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is dramatic. It is dramatic, isn't it? Was the window scene like black and white as well? Yeah. With, with, a, with a lit flame that was actually coloured? Yes. Oh, yeah. nice. Proper Schindler's List style. Oh, yeah. It's, it's quite dramatic. Ooh. Who is this man? <laughs> Who knows? Hopefully I'll find out later. Hopefully I'm not supposed to know and I've just not been paying attention. <laughs> I'm paranoid now. Despite, back to Justin here, despite being vastly outnumbered, Justin and his brother fought the invaders the best they could, harassing them whenever possible. So imagine scenes of him like crawling through the long grass with a knife in his teeth. And, oh, Rambo style. Oh yeah, it's, it's all going off. Nice. He impresses enough people that he is then sent to the east, to Armenia, where skirmishes with Persia had never really stopped. Now, last week I said the plague kind of cut an end to the fighting, and it did for the most part, but skirmishes are carrying on. Justin arrived, uh, but the Romans suffered a feat. A feat? The Romans suffered a defeat not long afterwards. You pedicure. <laughs> yes. One of the local kings, Gabazes. Good name. It is a good name. He wrote to the emperor, complaining of the incompetence of the Roman generals over there. <laughs> yeah, you, you're, you're meant to send troops over us to help us here, and you're, these generals are a waste of space. They're holding the spears the wrong way around. Yeah. There's only two of them. Well, Justinian reads this letter, not too happy, and recalls the man in charge. Also, just while Justinian's reading this letter, just notice who's, who's that in the background, just behind him there. I don't know. Oh, it's that man from the room. <gasps> He's still around. Yeah, he's walking around in the background. Ooh, what's he doing? Just walking past. Okay. That's all. He's a regular man. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, back to the story. The man in charge fighting over in the east against the Persians was recalled, and another man named Martin was raised to the position of master of the armies over there. Martin. Martin is now in charge. Ooh. Guessing that's been anglicised. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it was just Martin. Good news for Justin here. Because Martin needs a right-hand man, and he turns to Justin and says, yeah, you're a good guy to have around, you can be my right-hand man. So it didn't take long before Justin is raised to number two. (laughs) Number two. (laughs) Martin, however, was not happy. How dare this small-time king complain about a Roman general? So Martin arranged a meeting with the king. The emperor wanted to question him about what the armies had been up to recently. At the same time, Martin sends a message to Constantinople saying that this local king was in league with the Persians. Once Martin met with the king, one of his men ran up to the horse with the king on and stabbed the king before he even got off his horse. Oh, that's... No, that's shocking. Why would you do that? 
Oh, she really didn't like the king. He didn't. And he wanted him dead. Well, that's exactly why. Oh, yeah. wow. The okay. motive's not hard to find here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Justin, shocked by this, but just assumed that, oh, Martin clearly got orders from the top to do this. Oh, he didn't. Oh, no. Oh. This was just Martin getting revenge on the local king for ratting the generals out for not doing a good enough job. Oh, he's gone rogue. Still, Justin by this time is impressing everyone. He helped defend several towns and forts from the Persians, and generally he's doing a good job. Cut back to the other young man. He is, like Justin, a bit older by this point. He's starting to grow. He's um, he's perhaps eating a grape. Ooh. Yeah. I think he's peeling it very methodically. Probably peeling methodically. Getting the seeds out with a cocktail thing. Pear tweezers. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. And a scalpel. Ooh. Yeah. It's pretty methodical. Oh, it's very methodical. Wow. He he knows how to eat his grapes. Precisely. Anyway, back to Justin. Word eventually reaches Justinian's ears of the death of this local king. Well, that wasn't an order, thinks Justinian. So Martin was stripped of his command. Oh dear. How dare he do this? What we need is a man in charge over there who knows what he's doing. Well, there's a rising star. Justin is promoted. He is now in charge of the armies. People couldn't help but notice that the, the son of the dead heir seemed to be doing rather well for himself. Hmm. Oh, yes. As master of the armies in the region, Justin met a group of men from a new group of people who we'll be dealing a lot with in the future, introducing the Avars. Avars. Bird people. Oh, like Avery. Yeah. Avian. I, I literally just made that up, but I'm going to say yes. They are the bird people. Do you think they wore like, ridiculously over-the-top ornate bird feather clothing? Yes. Like a big, like, birdie crown? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, that's exactly what they wore. Do you think their initiation is like, you have to fly from this turret? They basically just hurled themselves off, and if you survive, you could be in the group. Yes, that's what they did. That's brilliant. Yeah, uh, fun times had by all. Yeah, I like that. I mean, real life, they're just linked to the Bulgars, but I mean, that's not no. as exciting. No, they are not. now the bird people. Yes. They wear lots of feathers. They fling each other using catapults to see who can, <laughs> who can go the furthest. Flap harder, Justin! Flap harder! Yeah, it's, it's good times. Anyway, the Avars turned up. The Avars were fleeing their home in Central Asia and wanted protection from the Empire. So Justin says, yeah, go head on to the capital, Constantinople. Uh, the Emperor will see you. I'm sure I saw you out, no problem. The Emperor turned them down, and the Avars ended up on the northeastern bank of the Danube. Justin caught word of the Avars, planning to raid and settle on Roman land, and warned the Emperor. Justinian, at this point, was in the pay-off-all-the-enemies mode, so the Avars were given money just to not invade. Fair enough. Again, who's that just behind him as Justinian's hanging out £20 notes? I don't know. Who is he? Wow, he's not looking happy, whoever he is. Ooh. Yeah. Anyway, back to Justin again. And then news came through one day of the death of Justinian. Aww. Justin was close to the capital. He's not that far away, and because of his record, his name, and his personality, he was widely named as the obvious successor. However, things had moved fast in the capital. Before Justin could do anything about claiming the throne, one of his cousins had been named emperor. Justin had been invited back to the capital, and when he arrived, he was warmly welcomed. He celebrated as he arrived in the palace. He walks into a large room full of well-wishers for the new emperor, and Justin walks past all of them to the man at the head of the room. It's none other than that man. Oh yes, the one with the book and the grape. Oh yeah. And then Justin opens his mouth to speak. It's good to meet you again, Emperor Justin. O-M and G. The other man was Justin too all along, and we've been following the life of a different Justin. Oh, Plot twist. Swerve. Yes. Because there's literally nothing on the early life of Justin, and there was another <laughs> Justin, so I thought we'd look at him for a bit. That's okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, uh, Emperor Grape Eater. Brilliant. Yeah. So, um, discount all of that when we judge him. But uh, that's... <laughs> That's an impressive start for who I will now call Other Justin. He was clearly doing well. Well, let, let, let's not confuse it. It's called The Emperor, Justin II, yeah. and this one, The Second Justin. Yeah, make it nice and clear. Yeah. Like I say, we know nothing next to nothing about the real Justin. That's a good start. Yeah. Like the other Justin, he was related to Justinian. This time, he was a nephew. He was the son of Justinian's sister, 
Vigilantia. Always got her eyes open. Always. Couldn't get anything past her. She was awful to have as a mother. Like an owl. So Justin would have grown up in the royal court around the same time as the other Justin. They presumably knew each other fairly well. Towards the end of Justinian's life, a new patriarch had been named. His name was John Scholasticus. And also a new head of the Excubitors was named. A man named Tiberius. Yeah, we've not had a Tiberius for a while, have we? Now, it would appear that both of these men were supported by Justin too. And so it was, on the day that arrived when Justinian fell ill all of a sudden, the only official with the emperor to hear his last words was the patrician named Callinicus. Callinicus left the room where the emperor lay and reported Justinian's last words to everyone. Now remember, this is a huge deal. Most were children, or at least young men and women, when Justinian became emperor. Few alive could clearly remember life before Justin won. So this was a big deal. Who was going to lead them? What did the emperor say? Did he name a successor? Callinicus reported that Justinian did indeed name a successor with his dying breath. Justin. I'd like to think that was quite a long pause. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then Justin two on one side, Justin the second, or the other Justin under there, just looking a bit awkwardly at each other. Uh, uh. Well, remember, neither Justin's there. The other Justin's yeah. out of the city. Justin two's in the city, but not in the palace. He then goes on to clarify, son of Vigilantia. Oh, okay. I'd love to think that Callinicus makes that last part up. <laughs> yeah. He, he just says Justin, there's a big pause, and someone just goes... Which one? Um, <laughs> the turns around and just sees Vigilantia. Uh, Son of Vigilantia. The, yeah, that, that one will do. I hope. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be fine. I know he whispered something after saying Justin, but I thought it was a death rattle. Oh, no. <laughs> so he's saying, just in case I survive. <laughs> it's halfway through a sentence. Just in case I die, don't appoint any of my nephews, whatever you do. They're idiots. Now, as we've seen, there was a very capable rising star called Justin, who was doing very well for himself, who many said should have been the obvious choice. Some historians have argued that Callinicus did indeed make up Justinian's last words so he could have a say in succession. We obviously have no idea. No. Now, despite there being a perfectly good Justin leading the army, there was also a Justin right here in the capital. And he had the support of the head of the Excubitors, Tiberius, and the Patriarch, John. So it's no surprise who gets their foot in the door first. Now, Justin too, like I say, wasn't in the palace. So Callinicus rounded up some senators, and together they all rushed off to the young man's house. I say young man, he's about 45 at this point, I think. So, but yeah, (laughs) younger than Justinian. In Justin's mansion, he was relaxing with his wife, who was called Sophia, who happened to be Theodora's niece. Keep it in the family, why not? Apparently, this was in a room that overlooked the sea. Quite a a good view. So imagine the sea below crashing against the the rocks. The sun's setting. I hope they weren't doing anything like dodgy as they knocked on the door. (laughs) <laughs> or burst through. Oh, I'm so sorry, Justin. Yeah, but... when, when you're finished, <laughs> we got some news. <laughs> Both of them hastily rearranging their togas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they're told the news. Perhaps shocked, or maybe relieved that a plan had worked out well. Yeah. Justin put on a display of reluctance, as you're supposed to do. Of, of yeah. couldn't, of course I couldn't. No, where are you going? No, come back. <laughs> Yes, and then he and Sophia head to the palace where they could see the body of their uncle. The next day, Justin went to the Hajj Sophia and was raised up on a shield, just in the middle of the room, looking up at the dome. Remember, this is the second dome by this point. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is, is, that, is that a crack? Oh, yeah, it's more than one. <laughs> Quickly, come on, let's get on with the service here, guys. <laughs> Hurry up. <laughs> yeah, so he's raised up on a shield. He reassured everyone that he was orthodox, which was a nice start. It's okay, everyone. I'm orthodox. Big collector's side. And then he had a bit of a moan about how Justinian had let things slide in later life. It was time to do things properly again. True, he did pretty much nothing, didn't he? You can imagine some inward groans at this point. It's like, oh, new management. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Time to do things properly. Oh, oh, he's gonna risk assessing. He's gonna. Oh, performance management targets. Oh, oh. 
Yeah. Justin and Sophia then head to the Hippodrome to meet the people. The crowds cheered. Everyone was happy. Justin announced that all who were owed money by the royal family would be paid off immediately. More cheers. Yay. Only then did the funeral take place. Get the emperor in situ. Then announce that the old one's dead. Let no wriggle room be had at all. So the body of the old emperor was carried through the palace and then through the lined streets to the tomb of Theodora. And he was placed with his dead wife. Aww. Yeah. And then Justin got back to the palace and he wrote to his cousin, Other Justin, why don't you come back? I could use your help running things. Now, there is some suggestion that the two Justins knew that one of them would eventually end up being the emperor. And they come up with a kind of pact whoever becomes emperor, the other person would be their number two. <laughs> and this is why Other Justin agreed to come back so readily. Makes sense. However, you may be shocked to learn that Justin too merely felt that other Justin was a risk he wasn't willing to take. He knew people were muttering already that the wrong Justin sat on the throne. Justin too removed the other Justin's bodyguard, then put him under house arrest. Apparently he couldn't justify killing his cousin, so instead other Justin was bishoped. Oh no. Oh yes, and sent to Alexandria. Oh dear. Once in the Egyptian capital... Other Justin found himself dead one night, <laughs> assassinated in his sleep. You can understand. You can understand that Justin's trying to protect his the throne. He's trying to protect his legacy. Well, legacy himself. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Let's face it. Any problems will rally around other Justin. That's true. It's a, a preemptive strike. Yeah. It's brutal, but perhaps in the time sensible. I don't want to be justifying the murder of someone, but I understand why Justin does this. In the Roman times. Yeah. When Romans around. Now, following the usual trend, the blame in the scant sources is placed upon... The woman. Yes, it's Sophia's fault, apparently. Um, She didn't want to have any rivals for her husband, so it's her who ordered the death of other than Justin. Of course, yeah. According to the same source, she ordered that the head be returned to Constantinople as proof. When the head arrived in the palace, apparently the royal couple kicked it around for a while with glee. Oh, I don't play football with the head. I mean, that that's that's going a bit too far. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. You've crossed a line as soon as, as, soon as the foot's connected with the head. <laughs> yeah. A line has been crossed. Well, as soon as his wife puts on the goalie gloves. <laughs> that's... <laughs> it's not a good sign, is it's it? Not, is it? Someone's whistling whilst painting some goalposts onto the palace wall. <laughs> Oh, when it hits. Oh, crack. <laughs> Squelch. Yeah. I don't know how true this is, but... I find it dubious, but you never know. <laughs> you never know, do you? Anyway, playing gruesome football was not the only thing that Justin too was up to. He meant what he said in the Hajj Sophia. He hated the way Justinian had started to do things towards the end of his life. And he was going to change all that. Namely, the way that Justinian was paying off barbarian forces rather than fighting them. Ah. The old man had become weak in his old age. This was Rome, and Romans don't bow down to anyone. Justin had read his history, and ignored a large part of the last 200 years. <laughs> Rome doesn't bow down to anyone. No. It wasn't long after his ascension to the throne that the Avars arrived. Flapped their way through. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, what are you doing? Just sort of landed, but obviously they can't fly, so it's just someone with a winch. Oh. And <laughs> blowing awkwardly in the breeze. Yeah. <laughs> trying, to, trying to squawk like, ah, hang on, hang on, watch out for the water. <laughs> majestic, I said. It's meant to look majestic. Then the rope snaps, he falls down. Uh, Justin just looking at them. What are you guys doing? <laughs> they just always take a rope and pulley system with them wherever they go. Well, you never know. Yeah, you never know when you need to make a dramatic entrance. <laughs> Yeah, so Justin asks why they're there, about them to make fools of themselves. <laughs> um, well, they informed him that, well, we, we, we had a deal with Justinian. He paid us. We didn't kill you. Yeah. We didn't try and take your land. We, we just, everything was easy under Justinian. Yeah. We've just come along to say, well done for becoming the new emperor. We assume that the deal is still on. And insulted Justin told the Avars in no uncertain terms that Rome was under new management. Oh dear. They were sent away, tweeting angrily at each other, probably. (laughs) And soon enough, Justin too made it clear that Justinian's payments were off. No one is to expect any more money. Oh no. As you can imagine, 
this goes down incredibly well at home. Of course, yeah. Oh, yeah. Justinian had become increasingly unpopular in old age due to his paying off these barbarians. It's good to have a young emperor with some backbone. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't had my life threatened in years yeah. <laughs> by invading marauders. However, Justin soon learned that some things were a bit more complex than just saying, no, we're not doing that anymore. Because one day, a group of Gepids arrived at the capital. The Gepids were not asking for money, but instead, aid to help fight another group, the Lombards. Now, all this has a bit of history that Justin would have been more than aware of. The history revolves around the city of Sirmium, a city not far from the Danube. It's in modern-day Serbia. Okay. I've mentioned the city a few times. It's the birthplace, bizarrely, of more emperors than any other city, bar Rome, which it's joint first with. That's weird. Yeah. Hostilian, Claudius II, Quintilus, Aurelian, Probus, Maximian, Constantius II, Valens, and Gratian were all born there. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, big Roman city. Yeah. Or at least it, it used to be. It used to be something in the water. Yeah. Purple. Yes. As you can imagine, the city being slap bang in the middle of the Danube region had suffered when the Visigoths were marauding through it, and then the Huns, and then the Ostrogoths. A little bit raised. Yeah, Justinian had managed to reclaim the city for Rome in 535, but within a year, the Gepids had taken it, so it wasn't under Roman control. The Gepids, a Germanic people with close ties to the Goths, were at this time at war with the Lombards, another Germanic people. However, there was a difference between the two. The Lombards were Orthodox and the Gepids were Arian. Seeing this as their way in, the Lombards had sought out Emperor Justinian. Why not help us out here, Justinian? We're Orthodox just like you. Why don't we go and fight the horrible Arians? Justinian saw this as a cheaper way than fighting the Gepids on his own, so yeah, why not? The war was soon ended, with a truce being forced with the additional Roman troops. However, this was all 15 years previously, and now allegiances seem to have changed somewhat because it was the Gepids that came calling as soon as Justin II was on the throne. Now, the king of the Gepids was a man with a name. Are you ready? I'm ready. His name's Cunnimund. (laughs) Sorry, what's his name? Cunnimund. King Cunnimund. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Anyway, he had a suggestion. <laughs> if you, Justin, help us in a war against the Lombards, you can have Sirmium back. Yeah. You can have the it's, city. That's playing into Justin's sort of character, isn't it, a little bit? It's like just passive. Yeah, it's a old Roman place. That yes, exactly. Great. Yeah. So war breaks out again, and this time the Gepids, with Imperial help, have the upper hand. However, Cunnimund did not hand over Sirmium once the fighting was over. <laughs> Don't use his name anymore. <laughs> Almost get through the episode. Well, Justin was not best pleased hearing this news, although probably it's it's quite hard when you're laughing at hearing <laughs> bad news, but it's, it's about Cunnimund, so you try not to snigger. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Plus side here, Justin's done a bit of fighting and done quite well, but he's been betrayed by his allies who are just the Gepids. I mean, who are yeah. they? They shouldn't be feeling brave enough to betray the Romans. So he wasn't pleased. Still, the war was mainly about keeping the barbarians weak, and he'd achieved his aim. So Justin decided, I'm not going to push it. Yeah. However, word then reached Cunnimund that the Lombard king... Alboin. <laughs> These are great names. They're good names. Alboin had allied himself with, wait for it, the Avars. <gasps> yes. Aerial attack. <laughs> Get the upper hands. We're tempted. Yeah. <laughs> Still a version of Angry Birds just flinging each other's catapults. <laughs> yes. Well, this changed things, and Cunnimund needed assistance fast. The Gepids were now on their own against the Lombards and the Avars. This is all happening in the Danube region, by the way. Yeah. So, Cunnimund heads back to Constantinople. Back to Justin. Right, if you help us, we really will give you Sirmium this time. Justin ground his teeth... But agreed. He would send troops to fight the Lombards and the Avars. The Gepids went away relieved. The war started. We have few details on this war, but at some point Cunnimund must have realised that Justin wasn't on his side. Unfortunately for Cunnimund, it was just after he had let a force of Roman troops into his city. Ah. Yeah, now 
Conymund wasn't there in the city at the time, but uh, Justin took Sirmium quite quickly. Okay. Because Justin clearly listened to the wise words of a very famous man. Uh, his name's George Bush. Ah. Remember these wise words. Fool me once, shame on. Shame on you. Fool me, you can't get fooled again. <laughs> do you remember that? I do. Yeah. yeah. Isn't it nice that Bushisms are just nice, nice little things now. They're just things you could just jokingly laugh about. Yeah, well. wasn't, that, oh, wasn't that the that... good old days? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, just to listen to these wise words. <laughs> that, <laughs> that is my favourite bushism. <laughs> um, the greatest thing is bondage between a mother and her child. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <Remember> that one. <laughs> oh, good old bushisms. Anyway, Cunnymund, according to the scant sources we have, was killed in battle by Alboin. Oh. Probably not personally, but they, they were fighting each other. Cunnymund is no more. I'm sure you're sad to learn. Yeah. The Lombard king, <laughs> Alboin, apparently made a drinking cup out of the Gepid king's skull. Oh, that's that's pretty hardcore. Oh, it gets better. Because Alboin then married Cunnymund's daughter and made her drink out of her father's skull oh. as a wedding toast. Holy no. Awkward wedding toast. <laughs> I mean, you're usually worried about the best man going too far, but no. <laughs> not, the, not, the, not the groom. <laughs> Is the groom going to force his wife to drink out of the skull of her own father? Oh, that is brutal. Yeah. That's probably the most brutal thing you, you've ever described. <laughs> well, I mean, how true this is, we're not entirely sure. Oh, but that's true. It's, it happened. It definitely happened. It was brutal. Right, anyway, so Justin gets Sirmium from all this, and most were happy for a while. Hmm. But the Gepids being essentially wiped out just made the whole area unstable. And the Lombards soon heard a rumour. Italy was still on its knees after decades of fighting over there. The Romans and the Goths were both far too weak to do much. And so, in 568, the Lombards started to move into the devastated peninsula. But this was uh, not a normal invasion. The Lombards simply moved towards Italy. Just in that vague direction. Well, they went into Italy. Oh, okay. And they settled on the deserted land. They learnt Latin whilst they got there. They started to marry the Italians. They didn't go after the stronghold cities. Narses was still in the country at the start of this, but he was very old by this point and could do very little from Rome. Everyone in Italy was either too sick or dead or poor to resist the massive influx of people. And also, to be honest, having more people to work the farms and the mills, etc., didn't actually seem like too bad an idea. You've got more labourers, you've got more economy. Yeah. Bring all less skills. The immigration is good. Yeah, it, it's, it's less of an invasion, more of a, a migration. Yeah, passive, a passive invasion. Yeah. And Justin from Constantinople weighs up this migration slash invasion and decides it's just not worth the manpower to resist. Soon enough, the Romans could claim control of Rome, Ravenna, Naples, the southern tips of Italy, but the rest, especially the north, was just taken by the Lombards, who in turn split into factions. So Italy's now sort of a patchwork of Roman and Lombard control. The more rural areas held by the Lombards, the major cities by the Romans. Meanwhile, Justin's got bigger things to worry about. The Avars suddenly found themselves with a lot of room <laughs> to spread their wings, I've written in my notes. <laughs> Brilliant. An unintended metaphor. So they start to get <laughs> ideas about gaining even more land. Yeah. yeah. So they invade Roman land in full force. Justin reacts quickly to this and he sends his chief of the excubators out to face the barbarians off. Tiberius is sent sword in hand. Go and fight down these barbarians. However, that's easier said than done, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And after three years, this grinding war was brought to a truce. Justin has to admit that paying the Avars off would just be so much easier and so much cheaper. Weird, that. Yeah. So he pays a sum far larger than what the Avars had first asked for when they came along. Ooh, he's regretting that. Yeah. But that's not all, because there's problems in the east. Yet again, Armenia was in the centre of problems. Skirmishes in the area had been going on throughout Justinian's rule. The area at this time was mostly under Persian control, but if you remember, Armenia was Christian before even the Romans were. Yeah. 
the joint Christianity between Rome and Armenia always meant that there was a large faction in Armenia who wanted the Romans to help them out whenever they could. And so it happened again. An envoy from Armenia arrived and asked Justin, as a Christian emperor, to help their Christian brothers. Now, things were already tense with Persia, because when Justin had sent word out that all payments would stop, that meant to Persia too. Oh dear. And the Persian king Khosros, or Khosros, I've seen it as well, was seething that he was no longer getting payments. Not only that, around this time in Constantinople, an envoy from another new group of people arrived. This is the first mention in history of the Turks. Ooh. Yeah, now the Turks had overthrown the people who had ruled them, a horrible group called the Avars, and they'd pushed them out, and now they were looking to start on the world stage. Got to Constantinople, looked around. Nice capital, this, they thought. This would be nice. Yeah. I could see us having a capital like this one day. Yeah. Not yet. We're, we're quite small at the moment. Like that but... cathedral, look at that. That's pretty good. Yeah. Anyway, the Turks had done some fighting with the Persians, but they were open to working with the Romans, mm. and also opening up the silk trade with China. Bypassing the Persians was nice. an option. As you can imagine, when Khosros... Khosros, 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 How's it spelled? Differently. All over the place. <laughs> Khosros. You said Khosros before. I'm going to say Khosros. So as you can imagine, when word reaches Khosro that Justin was talking to the Armenians and the Turks, and they'd stop their payments, this is enough to start full-scale war against the two empires once again. Brilliant. It goes well for the Romans to begin with. Nisbis was sieged, as per usual, that's <laughs> just what you do. However, the siege dragged on, and Justin soon becomes impatient. So he replaces the commander with a new man. Unfortunately, this new man was hated by the army, and the army mutinied, and the siege was broken. Oh dear. And then it starts going very badly. Dara, if you remember, was the Roman fort next to Nisbus. Yeah. Yeah, that was taken. Oh, okay. And as this was the uh, Romans' first line of defence in the region, the Persians were able to just walk into Syria. According to one source, the Persians ransacked the land. They scoured all over Syria for the most beautiful 2,000 virgins. Ooh. Like you do. Yeah. Cosros uh, intended them to be a present to none other than the Turks to try and convince them to be on his side. Yeah. However, on the journey, again, according to this source, when the group reached a river, the women went off to bathe, and for modesty reasons, they managed to separate themselves from their guards slightly. And then to retain their virtue, all 2,000 women drowned themselves. Oh, what? No. No. Yeah, it's one of these things you hear in the story, and you start unpicking the details and go, no. Yeah. For a start, imagine trying to drown yourself with no aid. It, it's going to be tricky. You just have to just take a deep breath. Even then, you'd automatically go off and start coughing. But... Yeah. That'd be horrible. Now imagine 2,000 people trying it at the same time. It's one big cough. Yeah. And why would the guards just let them go off in the river on their own? For modesty's sake... They're being taken to the Turks to do something I imagine is quite immodest. <laughs> so I'm not entirely sure why the guards would be that bothered. It just does not strike me as no, true, this story yeah. at all. But uh, it was there, so I've thrown it in. So now you can just imagine 2,000 young women floating on a river. Cheery. Anyway, eventually news reaches the capital about the collapse of the defences in Syria. Rome has lost a huge amount of territory to the Persians. Oh dear. Justin, shall we say, did not take this news well. In fact, he went mad. <laughs> Literally. Uh-oh. According oh. to one source, suddenly his reason was destroyed. To start with, he started imitating animals. <gasps> and I quote, he barked like a dog, bleated like a goat, and then he would mew like a cat, and then again crow like a cock. And many such things were done by him contrary to human reason. This is brilliant. He's the kind of emperor that's made for this podcast. Oh, yes. There's more. There's more. His attendants did their best to calm him whilst he was making his animal noises. <laughs> calm down, said. Well, calm. as soon as uh, they went near him, he would run screaming from them and hide under his bed. <laughs> When they attempted to get him out, he dashed to the windows to throw himself out, a drop that surely would have killed him if they weren't quick enough. So by this time, Sophia had learned what was going on, so the emperor was looked after, but 
he didn't seem to be improving. Bars were soon put up on his windows to stop himself from flinging himself out of the room. That's brilliant. The best attempts to keep this from the public failed miserably, and all too soon, all the talk was about their mad emperor. It's the Avar's fault. He inspired them to be a bird. <laughs> and he went a bit too far and became a dog and a cat and a, yeah, and a goat. Yeah, maybe that's it. Because he wants to fly out the window. Yes. He just wants to be an Avar. Oh. Oh. The palace tried to deny that the emperor had turned mad. but <laughs> You want to see the emperor? No, he's absolutely fine. <laughs> he's absolutely fine. That's, no problems that's here. That's just the cow. <laughs> oh. <laughs> emperor, put your clothes... Oh. <laughs> One of the main reasons the denials didn't work is because as the palace were sending out spokesmen to say everything was absolutely fine, everyone could see that carpenters were busy at work blocking off half the palace. <laughs> they were literally walling him up so he couldn't escape. Oh. In fact, the fear that he would escape was so great that strong men were hired to stand around the palace to grab him if he looked like he was about to get out. <laughs> this is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine Steve and Bill. They're usually bouncers at the Hippodrome. Yeah. They've been called in. So what's this job then? Right, well, if you see the Emperor, and if he's going at speed, <laughs> I, just however you do it, just just make sure he stops. Okay? What, like rugby tackling? That'll do. That's fine. Yeah. Don't mind. And, and if you see him gnawing through the wood, just shove a broom handle through. He'll, you know... We, we'll get to the gnawing now, shall we? What? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Because the Emperor, when grabbed by Steve and Bill, uh, he's in a weak state at this point. He couldn't fight back very well, but he could fight back mainly with his teeth. Two of his guards were bitten the head so severely that they were bedridden for some time. Wow. Yeah, reports of this gets out. And soon word on the street is that the Emperor had eaten two of his attendants. <laughs> I just think the carpenters made him look like a giant hamster wheel. So go for his exercises. Oh, that's... No, we'll get to that in a minute. What? <laughs> <laughs> this is insane. Yeah. Eventually, someone managed to figure out how to calm him down, albeit only briefly. They would say to him, the boggle is coming for you. What? The boggle is coming for you. At this point, he would go very still let out a scream, and then run and hide under his bed. <laughs> now, according to one theory, a, a boggle is a, a translation of the name of an Arabian chieftain that he was terrified of for some reason. Uh, some claim that it was just a common name from Arabia, not a chieftain, and he was just terrified of that name. According to the translation of John of Ephesus, where we get all this from. Yeah. He states, any name which they mentioned was enough to frighten him and make him run away and be quiet and creep under his bed. So maybe just the, the fact that someone was out to get him was enough to terrify him for a while. Wow. Yeah. It's like a little rabbit. Yeah. Now, John of Ephesus mentions that these were some of the mildest stories that circulated at the time, but they were the well-attested ones. Other rumours, more wild, spread very rapidly, as you can imagine. It's amazing. And all this seems to have no sign of stopping either. Some things improved. One happy day, uh, someone discovered that if he was pushed around in a chair with wheels on, he'd cheer up a bit. Oh, Yeah. It's like that. my nan did that with their dog. When he's too old to go for a walk, he's taking for a walk in a pram. Yeah, exactly. Which is kind of pointless, really. Yeah, it gets out for a bit. Yeah, a bit of fresh air. Oh, that's quite nice. So they obviously got his throne and nailed some wheels to it. Just had... <laughs> Come on, Emperor, going for a little yeah. walk. <laughs> I saw some descriptions that make it seem more like a wheelbarrow. <laughs> uh, oh, brilliant. <laughs> but yeah, so... <laughs> Line this... Uh... Yeah, so on a typical day, uh, the Emperor was either hiding under his bed or being carted around in a wheelbarrow. I've got a quote for this bit. They ran with him backwards and forwards for a long time, while he, in delight and admiration at their speed, desisted from many of his absurdities. Oh, yeah. Uh, cheered him up a bit. They also realised if they played music, it quite often soothed him. So they hired musicians to play a lot. That's good. That's nice. They tried to get the Patriarch to soothe him. It didn't work. No? No, the Patriarch came along and did the sign of the cross. <laughs> Justin punched the head bishop so hard in the face that the patriarch landed on his back unconscious. 
Just imagine this uppercut <laughs> flying backwards, <laughs> landing flat on his back. <laughs> little birdies going around his head. Yeah. That's amazing. Oh, it has a nice little addendum, this story, because the next time the patriarch saw the emperor, probably a bit nervous. <laughs> Behind a wall. Yeah, Justin apparently just burst out laughing. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> you fall, Lenny. <laughs> yeah. Now, as you can imagine, this is not ideal timing. There's a war with Persia going on. And also, another outbreak of the plague hits at this time. So the Romans are losing land in a battle against the largest empire apart from them in the world. Or at least known to them. Pestilence is walking the streets. And their emperor was mad. <laughs> These are not good times for the no. Empire. However, there was one person who was able to get a handle on things, and that is Sophia. Realising the Empire needed some breathing space, she writes to Cosro and informs him of the situation. Interesting, you might think. You try and hide it from the King of Persia, but no. She reminded him that years earlier, Cosro, you had fallen sick, and we sent doctors to help you. And also... All that Cosroes was doing right now was beating a defenceless woman. Where's the glory in that? Oh, nice. Cosroes was moved enough to Sal, not give, Sal one year's truce. Nice. Which then was extended to four years. But he also excluded Armenia in that. We're still going to fight in Armenia, by the way. But we, we won't fight in Syria anymore. Sophia took this as the breathing space that they desperately needed. She then turned to the head of the excubitors, Tiberius. He suggested that Justinian rule the armies in the east. We came across him earlier, remember? Justinian was the brother to other Justin, yeah. who apparently didn't hold grudges. Okay. <laughs> he was willing to do this. Yeah, so he's now in charge of the armies over there. A couple more years pass. No sign of improvement at all for Justin. The truce expires. The war starts up again. Meanwhile, Sophia is fighting politically. We don't really have any details on this, but she's got to try and keep all the powerful men close enough to help, but far away enough that they don't stage yeah. a coup. This must have been very difficult for her, and she seems to have done very well. Hell of a balance, yeah. For instance, Tiberius moved into the palace to help rule, uh, but he wasn't allowed his wife to stay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's some rumour that Sophia was trying to wheedle her way into Tiberius' affections, yeah. uh, but we have no, no way of proving that whatsoever. And then on a particularly good day, Justin was able to recognise faces for a while, I suppose. <laughs> and he was convinced that he should name Tiberius as Caesar so he could rule as regent. For the next four years, Justin rules in name only, as Tiberius and Sophia ran the empire together. Occasionally, Justin was wheeled out to the Hippodrome, sometimes. <laughs> um, so people could see him. A big hamster ball. Yeah. Uh, his physical health started to fail. Kidney stones caused him a lot of pain. He called out to be killed on occasions because he was in so much pain. Eventually the doctors were called and he reassured them that if he died, no one would harm them. In the end, they were forced to operate on him to try and ease the pain. <sighs> and I will quote, A deep incision was made in both his groins. What? Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> um, but that's what the translation said. Okay. An incision was made in both his groins. The whole operation so barbarously performed that he was put to extreme torture. I, I'm not entirely sure what it means by that, but it sounds unpleasant, whatever it means. Using spoons. Yeah, it's not great. Justin was obviously no longer long for this world. However, he was rational enough one day to pass the words to his new Caesar, and apparently these were his last words. Delight not in blood. Abstain from revenge. Avoid all those actions by which I have incurred the public hatred, and consult the experience rather than the example of your predecessor. As a man I have sinned, as a sinner, even in this life I have been severely punished. But these servants, and at this point he points out all his ministers around him, who have abused my confidence and inflamed my passions, they will appear with me before the tribunal of Christ. Ooh. At that point, everyone around him just kind of went, what? When did I inflame his passion? cock a doodle do? And then he died. Oh, Yeah. That's fantastic, though. That's just into... It, it's full-on crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it's not like, you know, murdering people in a, in a cold-hearted way. This is just full-on genuine, he'd be locked up, sectioned kind of thing. Yeah. Fightius Maximus. Okay, Fightius Maximus then. Um, 
That's not great, is it? <laughs> no, he spent a lot of time fighting. Well, he's generous, isn't he? Um, I mean, yeah, he got Sermium back mm. through trickery, but I mean, that was no, fighting. Matter, yeah. um, he sent Tiberius out to fight the Avars. Didn't win, but kind of ground it to a truce, so that wasn't awful. Um, yeah, he fought back the Gephids. So, I mean, that that's good. Bad. He lost land to the Persians. They managed to invade Syria. That's not good. Land was also lost in Spain. Oh, um, dear. Yeah. Um, land, obviously, is lost in Italy, which I talked about. Yeah. There was some uprising in Africa as well. Basically, we start to see Justinian's gains start to crumble. Oh, dear. Yeah, your prediction last week that I'm guessing this doesn't last long was spot on the money. Oh, okay. Yeah, it starts falling apart pretty much immediately. Excellent. Yeah, his policy of not paying off the enemy gains you points if the enemy doesn't turn around and punch you in the face. Which it did repeatedly. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds tough. When when Marcion did it, we're not paying off the Huns, and then Attila died, mm. and he got away with that. Yeah, he was brave. His gamble paid off. Yeah, it just doesn't work quite as well in this case. And if you've got a truce, like a, a truce with all these people, you can't just back out just because you don't like it. It's a yeah. foolish thing to do. They'll come back to bite you in the face. Exactly. So it, it's not great, his fight is Maximus. I mean, I think he deserves maybe a point or two myself because he engaged in fighting, or at least well, got, his got... empire did, and there were some successes, but ultimately it's not great. No, I'll give him, a, give him two. Yeah, I'm only going to give him one. That is a three for Phytius Maximus. Way. Caprovium Crazium. Here we go. <laughs> but unfortunately, there isn't any more detail than what I've already told you. That's so right. I can't go into any more detail, which is a shame. But he actually went insane. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Bar Caligula... We've never had an emperor who could potentially be actually crazy. Yeah. And it's debatable with Caligula. I don't think he was. Yeah, exactly. You can definitely debate it. Well, there's no debate here. No. This is a full-on, tin-hat-wearing, box-of-frogs, insane emperor. Yeah. He, he imitated he... animals. He rode around on a throne with wheels or in a wheelbarrow. That's amazing. He attempted to eat people. They literally walled him in so he didn't escape. That's why he trying to gnaw his way through. Yeah. <laughs> He punched the Patriarch so hard <laughs> that he knocked him out. That's brilliant. And here I am going to... <laughs> I genuinely want a really detailed, almost Renaissance-style painting <laughs> of... I see it so clearly. I wish I was a better artist so I could do this. I want the scene, a big, massive room in the palace. Just on the floor, spread-eagled, is the Patriarch, unconscious. Whizzing off in the background is the Emperor in a wheelbarrow. You've got two big burly guards, Steve and Bill, clutching yeah. their heads because a big chunk's been bitten out of it. And behind them it's all been like uh, plasterboarded off. Like <laughs> yes. <a> wooden... <laughs> Lots of carpenters hastily hammering in <laughs> bars to the windows. That's the, that's a painting I want to see. That would be amazing. So if you're a listener and you're a very talented artist, please get on that for us. That, that would be brilliant, uh, because it's just an image that's too good to, to not exist. Oh, yeah. Yeah. See, his craziness didn't hamper the Empire as well. No, well, it, no. It did to a point, but he'd already hampered it previously anyway, so... Yeah. It, it, in fact, he's probably running better with Sophia in charge, right? Exactly. Sophia seems to have done a very good job, and also Tiberius, obviously, when he comes in. Uh, but we'll judge him more next time. Mm. Because, yes, it is Tiberius <gasps> 2 this time. It's yeah. exciting. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's um, it's just some good, fun, crazy. But don't forget, before he went crazy, apparently he kicked all the Justin's head around like a football. That's true. Yeah. I'll which... probably say him off, to be honest. <laughs> probably the nightmares. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Working with flashbacks, they just happen too often. And then, yeah. yeah. Do you think it's a bit like Macbeth and Lady Macbeth? Ooh. Where it's... Sophia wanted to kill over Justin and Justin too's not sure about it. And then when the head comes back and Sophia's putting on the uh, the goalie gloves, it's <laughs> just it's too much for Justin and then he takes a hesitant kick and it gets wedged on his foot and oh. and then he just freaks out and then every time he goes to sleep he's just playing he's football with this head until it drives him insane. Oh nice. Yeah. Maybe that's what happened. Oh, yeah, no, I like that idea. Yeah. I, I can't help but give him 10 because he actually went genuinely crazy. 
he did go genuinely crazy. I'm not sure whether he deserves the full ten. Why not? Because we've only ever given full ten to Commodus and Caligula. It's a different kind of crazy. I, th- I see crazy as a spectrum. Oh, yeah, there's different types of crazy. And this one is just genuine crazy. Mm. So, what reason even ten? The rest were just cruel and mean. Yeah. He's crazy. He was a chicken. He did punch the Patriot. Right in the face. He was pretending to be different animals. He used to gnaw on his bodyguards' heads. He used to scream when people said the boggles after you. Yeah, and that's yeah, that's hilarious. Do you think people did that on purpose? Oh yeah. Oh. The waiter coming past. <gasps> the boggles coming. Do you, ah! do you think people dressed up as the boggle? That needs to be in the painting as well. Yeah. Someone yeah. putting on the boggle costume. Yeah, foot in. Yeah. <laughs> Getting his foot in. <laughs> to figure out what the boggle costume is, but that's fine. That's details. Sort that out later. <laughs> yeah. I'm giving him time. I don't care. He's earned it. I suppose, because I mean, you do feel sorry for him, don't you? You do. It's like, he must have been so horrible for him. You probably didn't realise. He's probably really happy in his wheelchair. <laughs> Possibly. Wheelbarrow. At least at least he deserves something from all the misery he probably went through, so... Okay, I'm going to do it. He gets ten. Oh. Full on crazy. We have someone who was up there with Caligula and Commodus. It's just in two. Well done. You are... Joint top craziest emperor. Yay! Success ultimate. Peaks and troughs, this one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, apparently he built some churches and he repaired an aqueduct. Yeah. I mean, not him personally, but... He maintained good relations with the Papal West. So okay. He tried to maintain the work that Justinian had built. So that's good. Um, that's about it for good, though. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, not great. Um, he, the empire is obviously worse off now than it was. Yeah. The empire has shrunk. It's now in the middle of a war with Persia that it's losing, and the land they gamed under Justinian is shrinking. Also, he started the persecution of the Monophysites again. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, I mean, no. no. No killing, but people being kicked out of yeah. jobs. Yeah, that's a shame. Um, yeah, so all that's still going on. It's just unfortunately not brilliant. It's really not good. I'm going to give him a token point for repairing an aqueduct. Well done. I suppose that needs to get done, doesn't it? Yeah, I'll match that. Okay, that is a two success <laughs> ultimus. Image of What did he look like? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> that is an amazing drawing. I really hope he did look like that. You have him dressed up like a chicken. Yeah. Uh, with one eye that is twirling round. Yeah. Uh, he's looking a bit gaunt. And yeah. very shocked. Is that him flapping his arms really quickly, or is that just like a chicken ruff? I've got a chicken ruff. Right, okay. Feathers and, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've, I'm just going to say that's spot on, and that's the coin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look. Oh, look at Wow. That's stylized. Yeah, we've not had a coin quite like this before. Dreadlocks. <laughs> Possibly part of the hat. Really, really big hat, um, and just very wide and very circular. And a floating head. Yeah, I mean... Do that's what scared him? It's like, oh, maybe. more floating heads! <laughs> now has he got a tash or is that his lip? Oh, I hope it's a tash. Uh, but I think that's his lip. Is that a tongue? I think that's his bottom lip. Wow, weird face. Yeah, it's a very strange face. Massive square eyes. Yeah. So, um, it's it's new, it's interesting. Yeah, and on yeah, the other side, we have... <laughs> weird animal thing. A really smiley person. <laughs> With a chicken thing on his head. He does have a chicken thing on his head. Oh. I'm just going to say, is is that some kind of contraption he's sitting on? I'm going to say that that is him. And, yeah, that's uh, him. He's wearing his chicken headdress. Yeah, and he's holding an egg. Yeah. With a cr- with the cross on his hand. Yeah, he's got, he's got, has he got one leg, two legs? What's going on there? Well, he's, he's probably half half goat at this point. Yes, maybe he's dressed up as a goat. So who knows what's going on there? Um, it's not the best coin. It's not. It's not the worst coin. It's all right. I quite like it actually. It's very, very striking. It's striking. I haven't seen a face like that yet. Um, I'm gonna go for slightly above average. It's not a boring coin. Six. I'm, I'm more impressed. I'm going for seven. I quite like it. Okay, you go for your seven then. So that is three point two five for Imago Facius. Temple completed. How long do you think he lasts? Oh, about five years. Nah, he was crazy for about five years. Okay, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Twelve years. 
Not quite. It was no. from 565 to 574. Okay. That'd yeah, be, so be, yes. nine years. Nine. He was crazy for about half his reign. That's quite impressive. Yeah. It's a good sane to crazy ratio. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm aiming for. So that gives him a score of 1.13 for Tempo Completo. So that is... Oh, you almost got in the 30s club. relatively respectful he's probably clucking with disappointment probably he's clucking mad (laughs) probably Uh, so there you go that is just in two but there is one more question that we need to answer oh you know how I'm going with this (laughs) (laughs) do they have a certain je ne sais oh yeah first massively crazy emperor he'll get demolished in the rounds Oh, yeah. But it's interesting. What about interesting emperors? Emperors that people probably haven't heard of, discovering little nuggets of treasure and, and joy. And this is a massive nugget of joy. It's a 20-point nugget. I'm, I'm going to say something controversial, but I fully believe it. I think he has more Gene César than Justinian. If you take into consideration, if someone stops you in the streets and says, quick, tell me about a Roman emperor, I'm going to tell you about the emperor who was pushed in a wheelbarrow and then punched the patriarch in the face so hard he landed on his back. While thinking he was a goat. Yeah, that's who I'm telling you about before someone who, yeah, built some impressive buildings and tried to reclaim the empire. And don't get me wrong, it was impressive stuff and he deserved his Gene Caesar, but I'm going to talk about Justin II before Justinian. I I would as well. Yeah. Oh, he was a useless emperor. Yeah. But so was Caligula. And people talk about him all the time. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So uh, I fully agree with you. Well done, Justin, too. That's two in a row. Oh, wow. Yeah. I wonder if... How many have we given out in series two so far? Most. We've done four emperors, haven't we? We have done... Oh, now you're testing me. We've done... You don't have a poster. Leo. We've done Leo... Zeno. Leo two. Oh, I forgot about Leo two. <laughs> <laughs> Zeno, yeah. warrior prince. Yeah. Um, Anastasius. Justin, Justinian, and Justin two. And about three of them have had it, haven't they? Leo had it. Anastasius had it. Justinian's had it. Justin two's so had four it. Four out of the however many we've done. Was it six? Yes. Yeah, so I wasn't yeah. counting. We should probably know these things, but the point is that sounds to me like over half have had it so far. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if. Uh, because it is roughly, bizarrely, um, a roughly equal amount of emperors yeah. post and pre the fall of the West. So it'll be interesting to see if we get more in this. Because I just assume less, but that's because I know less about it. Maybe yeah, it's going to be full of nuggets like this. That's one. true. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, just, oh, Justin T. Well done. Well done, Justin T. <laughs> that would have scared him. Meh. It's the boggle. <laughs> Right, okay, well that's this week. Was my prediction correct? Oh yeah, I absolutely love that. Yeah. That was fantastic. Thank you for bringing him into my life. (laughs) Okay, well, thank you very much for listening. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, don't bother with Instagram. You can download us from Podbean, iTunes and Stitcher. Yeah, and do get involved on Twitter and Facebook. It's always good to hear what you guys think. And don't forget to listen to other podcasts, such as, obviously, Rex Factor, Saga Thing, the uh, Pontifax podcast will be coming out soon. I'm excited for that. that. 21st of May, I believe. That's some good knowledge. Oh, yes, I know. I happened to see it earlier. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) That sounded impressive, though, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so that, that will be coming out. I'm looking forward to the crossover between ours with that because it starts in Roman times. Yeah, oh, yes. Fun. Yeah, yeah. So we can judge them vilely. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that one's coming your way soon. So go and check all of those out. And let us know what you're listening to as well. If you've got a podcast that you're enjoying, let us know because Rob likes to listen to podcasts and I'll probably check it out as well. So we'll talk about Star Trek one a few months, about a year ago, which is quite good. Right, okay. I suppose all that needs to be said then is... Meh. Honk. Honk. Goodbye. Getter would have loved it bit there. I would. He would. A cow goes... No, 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 Justin, no. Oh, and did, oh no, Getter didn't get it. I was going to say they could have hung out. Oh, no, Getter he's, didn't been, get it. No, he's, been, he's eaten. been eaten. <sighs> Goodbye. Bye. Well, if you just stay here, the Emperor will see you shortly. Ah, wonderful, wonderful. And, um, sorry, you are the... We are the Avars. We're here to meet the Emperor and meet him and tell him how great we are.
Okay, well, someone will be along shortly. Just wait here. Right, lads, we've practiced this a million times. Get the rope and pulley system. Sir, sir. Yes, yes. I've forgotten the pulleys. How can you forget the pulleys? It's the most important part. I'm terribly sorry, sir. How are we going to fly? Well, Johnson said he could already fly. Uh, Johnson, where is that man? Um, he's dead, sir. Oh, oh. Yes, tragic accident. Oh, well, we'll have to think of something else. I could, um, I could stand on tippy-toes, sir. How high can you stand? Uh, about, about this. I know, stand on Flintwick's shoulders. Where's Flintwick? Um, dead, sir. He also thought he could fly. Oh, damn. Well, he, uh, Well, obviously we can fly with the Avars, but, uh... Oh, damn. Uh, you need to ruffle your feathers. look a bit matted. No, I'm terrible as I was, uh, I've, I've got an idea, sir. It's a bit out there. Ah, what is it? You see these pillars? Yes, I do. Well, we could shimmy up on. Right. And when the Emperor comes in, just launch. That's a good idea, but there's so little breeze in here, we'll probably crash to the ground and die. It has been known to happen in the past, yes, but that's all I've got, sir. It's either that or we don't fly when the Emperor walks in. Um, what? Ooh, Hargraves! You've got that giant rubber band, haven't you? Tied around the pillars, we use a giant catapult. Excellent, sir. Wonderful. Right, here we go. Right, you get in. Yes, I'm stepping in now, sir. Right, beacon. Beacon, sir. Pull him back! Keep pulling! Big more! How are you? Terribly nervous, to be honest, sir. You'll be fine. Remember, you're a bird. You can fly. Oh, the Emperor's coming. Get ready. Ready, sir. And launch! Ah, Emperor. You're a bird, too. Right. Good one, you are. I'm not actually good when you are because uh, I've not opened my notes. Apart from that, I'm ready right. to go. I've got some tadpoles at school. I'll tell you this already. No. They started to turn into frogs. Like, they're little mini frogs now. They're literally that big. And um, two of them died no. this morning. One, just as I'd finished the register, it drowned. Did it croak? <laughs> Way. <laughs> Sorry, did so you say drowned? Cried. Yeah, it drowned. It's a frog. It got, well, because they have to breathe air, and this one got caught under the the, the, the plant, and it, we think it couldn't get up, so it just sort of drowned. You howled a frog's head underwater until it drowned. You're putting the words into my mouth, I feel. That's what you did <laughs> in front of crying children. Yeah, but it's great, because um, we reenacted what at the beginning of the year. We got the, we put the last post on, you know, the bugle. <laughs> <laughs> and all the kids just stand up with their hands on the heart while that played. <laughs> I thought it takes the edge off death, you know. Yeah, no, I want that done at my funeral. I'm impressed. Yeah. And then halfway through English, just for playtime, the other one died. I don't know why did that one died. Did you only have two? No, we've got a load more in there, but this hasn't turned into little mini frogs yet. Oh, well, right. the one has now. They're really fast at doing that. There's yeah. one sitting on a rock probably right now, just going. Right. Probably dead. I hope not. <laughs> Where you're going. <laughs> we start blocking up the sinks, so you flush them away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll bury it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a type of burial. It's a water burial. <laughs> what do you tear caps? We say, how are we get rid of the frogs? It's just flushing down the toilet or something. So she tried to get them down the sink. It worked. They're quite small. Just poke it through a little hole. Yeah. <laughs>